All right, welcome back to the Forward Podcast. I'm Lance, your host. My guest this week, an interesting guy on a whole lot of levels. One, 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 one part of his life I know pretty well, which is cycling. The other part, you know, talking about the afterlife and utopia and all these things I don't know anything about. Michael Shermer is my guest, and uh, boy, I had to sharpen the pencil for this one. He, um, he and I have been going back and forth for quite some time. He was uh, gracious enough many, many months ago to introduce me to Neil deGrasse Tyson, who has been on this podcast. If you haven't heard that one, go back and find it. Uh, but before we get to Michael, a couple things. Um, uh, first and foremost, I, I want to uh, I want to talk to um, all the folks over in Flanders. I know that um, months ago it was announced that I would be uh, the featured speaker there at the Tour of Flanders Business Academy, and that um, be able to be a part of the race, so to speak, in some aspect. Um, and as I said uh, earlier today in a, in a press release. Um, uh, there, there's just an issue, uh, a personal issue here with my family that um, is not one that uh, that any of us want to talk about or make public. But um, it's one that uh, that that requires my um, devoted and full attention here in Austin. So all hands on deck. Sorry to all the race fans out there that I can't make it. Um, hope to get over there soon. But uh, family first, and so uh, I'll be sticking around the house. Um, secondly, uh, golf went out to that. I've never been to a golf tournament before that I, that I can remember. I don't know. I've never been to a pro golf tournament, but went out to that Dell match play this weekend out at Austin country club. And wow, that was cool. I love to play the game, but that's a different game. I don't play that game. I don't know what game that is they play, but, um, pretty special to watch uh, the best golfers in the world strike the ball, not only to watch it, but actually just to hear it. It's like a totally different sound. It doesn't sound... I've never hit a golf ball that sounded like that, and I've hit tens of thousands of them. So uh, thanks to the PGA for having us out. Um, hospitality was great, and uh, event was great. Like I say every week, any questions, comments, concerns, send me an email, theforward at wedo.team. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoy Michael Shermer. Talk soon. Michael Shermer, thanks for being here. Oh, thanks for having me. So here's the way this is going to work. Because since I've researched your life and read all about you, like I do every week, I've realized that you're about 10,000 times smarter than me. <laughs> so I'm not going to say very much. I'll just kind of mumble, and then you say some really smart oh, I shit. And you and, had Neil on, and he's he's even smarter than me, and you did fine. So you know, <laughs> uh, that was so confusing for me. Like you know, a, a podcast like Neil deGrasse Tyson is, is who uh, Michael's referring to. Like I can't even as soon as I get the question out and he starts to answer, I stop listening because <laughs> I'm like I don't even know where I'm going to go now because it, right, it's it, it just it's just mind blowing. He loves you. He's a good guy. Yeah, he yeah. is a good guy. He's like a... And what he does, you know, he, there's some resentment of him by scientists because, you know, he's always on TV. Uh, and they think, well, anybody could be on TV. It's like, no, actually, it's a real skill to come up with something clever to say that's funny, that's sharp, that's short, and says something intelligent about whatever the subject is. And he can do that. And that's not easy. 
and he did it, and, and now he has the it's you know the wave is he's on the wave, and nobody I don't <laughs> know that any other unless you know, uh, uh, um, you know some twenty five year old eleven of a blonde chick is, is all of a sudden <laughs> the next science she might take him down. Yeah, but yeah, no way. There are some of these super popular YouTubers um, that have gigantic numbers, huge millions, and also I don't know what they do they. Take picture. There's this one woman that takes a picture of her ass every day or something and posts it, and she has like 60 million followers. Her ass, yeah. <laughs> so YouTube girl. That's the contrast with, the with Neil, <laughs> yeah. I guess. I, 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 yeah, but that's what we. Uh, that's the era that we live in now. Where um, I mean, before we started recording here, we were talking about Joe Rogan, and I watched your show with him, and you know, this the beauty of that show or this show or YouTube. I mean. You, you, we are the content creators. We That's are right. yep. the, the, the broadcast. Yep. We are the producers. We're all of those things. And, you know, I was just in New York City last week and, and a friend of mine, Casey Neistat, he's got this huge following on YouTube. And he called me up last minute. Hey, let's go make a video. And I was like, all right, what, you know, and I didn't even know what I was going to do. Right. And I don't know how many people watched it on YouTube, but as we're on the West side, just on, on the other side of the West side highway down in New York City filming this thing, I mean, the following this dude has right it's like so whether and it's i guess it's similar to neil like yep it's similar to you it's similar to sam harris who you're going to be with tomorrow night like all of a sudden stars so here's a here's a funny story um so i'm up in santa barbara i live there now i'm riding on highway 192 foothill mm -hmm. and you know it all got wiped out in the muds last month so i i pick it up and just to see how far i can go so i get to a, a bridge washout there's a, a a construction crew there and the flag guy is there, you know, hey, stop. And then I get, I roll a little closer just to see how close I can get to the washed out bridge. And he just points to me. He goes, you're that skeptic guy, Shermer. I saw you on Joe Rogan. Oh, my God. And, you know, he just start, and, and this is what he does when he's out there with the flag. He listens to podcasts. And he had a notebook in the back of his truck. And he takes notes of what he learns listening to podcasts. Really? Yeah. This is the new media. You know, it's like you can't, what, you're not going to watch CNN out there. And shows like CNN and Fox, you know, they have the, you get six minutes, you know, when you're an author, you get six minutes. What can you say in six minutes? Podcast, you can talk. Well, Joe goes for two, three hours. Yeah. I, I mean, I can't, you know, I get to like, my ADD starts tripping like after <laughs> an hour. I'm like, all right, I, I got to go do something else. Like, I, can't, <laughs> yeah. I can't take it. But that's crazy that he, I mean, you're there in a bike kit and a helmet and yeah, glasses right, probably. Right, and, yeah, yeah. And, you know, he's watching on his phone. So that's crazy yeah, that he yeah. put two and two together. So I think that's the new media. Some people are calling it the intellectual dark web. It's like this whole end run around the mainstream media, which you know has come under criticism. It's not all fake news, but you know it's there, there's not a lot of depth there for most of these shows. You get yeah. the sixty minutes, but even that's like what thirteen minutes for an, a seg segment. You yeah. can get an hour or two on uh, on a podcast and get a deep dive. Yeah. Speaking of, and I don't want, I don't want to move off of it because it, it's because um, you brought it up. You live there now. Santa Barbara's been um, and a lot of listeners that live in Santa Barbara. It's been a really special place to me in my career. And I got married in Santa Barbara once, and a lot of great friends there. How is it going? Like, is I've never seen it. First of all, I've never seen a mudslide. I've never seen one happen, and I've never seen one like right. be done. Happening. Right, right. Oh, it was carnage in that just that one little area where uh, near where Oprah lives. Missed her house by like maybe fifty hundred meters, and just just rolled right down a channel all the way through underneath the well. The one one dips right there underneath that uh, overpass that all the cyclists go over to get to the frontage road to the freeway, and it just went all the way to the beach. And um, you know the the drainage stuff just couldn't handle all of it to get it out there, so it backed up and then piled up into the one one and covered the one one in about thirteen feet of mud. 
You know, the 101 freeway, it's this gigantic freeway. <laughs> it's right. like, wow, it's gone. With cars. With yeah, with cars and probably people. And you know, this is why it took so long to, it was like two weeks to clean it out because they thought there it, were bodies in there. So they had to go so slow yep. that they didn't yep. know if they were. Yeah, so part of the problem, Santa Barbara, one reason it's so beautiful is because it has those rapid climbing mountains. They're super steep, as you know, mm -hmm. Gibraltar. And, uh, but they're very crumbly. And so any kind of rain without the roots of the trees. And then there's also something about the particular species of, of uh, bushes and trees that are there. When they burn, they secrete like a creosote oil that, that soaks into the soil. And then the water doesn't soak into the soil. It hits it like, like it's oil and just rolls right over it and right. then picks up speed. Right, but that doesn't, yeah, I was just going to say, I mean, you can't, those mudslides like happened months ago, a couple of months ago, don't happen if you don't have the fire first. Right. So that you, right. Yeah. you know, the, 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 yeah. the doomsday scenario is fire or, you know, drought, fire, right. rain right. equals yep. that. Yeah. And you know, all those roads where you used to train and, you know, it's I just, heard San Ysidro Ranch just gone. Yeah, it's gone. Yeah. Like not a building there. There's nothing there. It's just, I mean, that's just crazy. Like fucking JFK had his honeymoon there. I know. <laughs> it's gone. Yeah. 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 That guy Ty Warner owns that now. Yeah, you know, the, the Beanie, Beanie Baby Babies. guy. Yeah. yeah, he owns and the Biltmore. The Biltmore, the, he owns. The Biltmore's not. They're going to reopen in April, but uh, yeah, that San Ysidro Ranch. You just can't you go there. It's like this is the perfect place to be, it and it's just gone. So it shows you know. Uh, I tweeted about this. Nature doesn't care about us. Doesn't give a shit about us. It just does what it does. Forces of nature. So much of life has. I didn't to do need with... to read that tweet to know that. <laughs> I know well, that. that's right. We know that already. You know what was also interesting about. Um, about that tragedy is that in a lot of tragedies you know people you want to see before and after right you can see before you can see the school and then afterwards you can see the school in this situation right nobody had photos of these places that were hit perfectly or hit the worst right so they were they went to google earth like street view. Right, so right. The, the before shot right. was google's street view right and then of course the after shot was was you know reality and yep and, you know, when you're out mountain biking in, the, in any of the Southern California mountains, you see down in the canyons, way down, these huge boulders. It's like, how did this boulder get here? And it, it's not just that it rolled down. It's that the, the mud takes the whole slab, you know, uh, the, the rain and stuff takes the whole slab of earth with the rocks in it. So it's like not the boulder rolling down the hill. It's like the entire maybe 10 feet of earth with the boulder in it. Mm moving along so this is why you see those cars the car is just going along it's not the, it's not being carried by water it's just sitting in the mud like the bowlers and the whole slab just so nothing stops it the house isn't going to stop it you know, poles nothing they're just flattened yeah and what 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 and i was curious about this like what's the vibe look if this happens in um uh you know india or, or some place where it's just or brazil or some where it's just a, a, a an area that's just 100 percent poverty we know how people react, right? Everybody rallies and there's fundraisers. And, you know, meanwhile, this is Montecito. Right? This <laughs> yeah. is arguably yeah, well, price per square foot in Montecito, yes. California. Arguably, uh, you know, maybe, you know, Manhattan it, is more expensive. Yeah, but, the, yeah. you know, how do people, I wonder, I mean, I. Well, insurance, hopefully. Uh, but the construction uh, business in well, Santa Well, then the Barbara, insurance companies freak out yeah, because they're yeah, now, now yeah. they're looking at their hand going, oh, my God, we've got. Well, the people in construction, Ventura, Carpinteria, and Montecito, they're going to be busy for the next couple of years. All of them. Mm. They're talking about this is going to be great for the, great for the local economy for construction mm. people. Mm. Anyway, I love the riding there. I always felt like um, we, we needed a couple things, right? You needed um, 
Well, you needed to pave Gibraltar, which they... Uh, yep, they did. So for the listener at home, if you've ever you've never been to Santa Barbara or want to go to a place and ride bikes in a beautiful part of the world and, and with hard terrain, go to Santa Barbara. I mean, Gibraltar was... But for the longest time, the pavement was... It was like... Literally, it was like cobblestones. It was so yep, bad. Yep. So they needed to repave Gibraltar. Got that done. Um, what is the road that, as, as you go across the top of Gibraltar, yeah, bombed that's, down? That's Painted Cave. Well, Painted Cave takes you back down to the past. But yeah. if you could, what's the road? Old San Marcos. Is that the one, Old San Marcos? Well, that then takes you back over into San Inez. But there yeah. was one that goes to Reagan's old ranch. Yes, also. yes. That's Refugio, Refugio Canyon. So if we could pave Refugio, yes, yes. you would have, you start to have these loops. And then if you could pave the backside down to, to San Inez, I mean, you have the makings of the perfect cycling. The perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that road up to Reagan's old ranch. Uh, the ranch is still there. Yeah. You know, Nancy sold it to the Young Americans Foundation for a dollar. And all they have to do is just keep it going. So apparently you can take tours and stuff like that. But the yeah. ride up there is, yeah. well, the ride up is, is hard enough. The ride down is even worse because the pavement is so bad. It's really, a, it's almost a mountain bike descent. Right. Yeah. yeah, we did that once. It's one you of those ones it. you do once. You're like, ah, <laughs> now I'm good. Yeah. I don't ever need to do that. Yeah, again. your hands are cramped up, yeah. arms are shot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I had Shermer's neck after that. <laughs> Shermer neck, we're gonna right. Get, we're going to get to Shermer's neck. <laughs> it's the only thing I'll be remembered for. Let's talk about this new book. And I confess to you before, that, and I'm not, it's not a confession because I tell everybody this, like, I don't read books. And I have all these books on the shelf that people have been on the show that give me these books. And they, most of them probably think I read the books. Um, but uh, this is super fascinating to me. And I might actually have to read a book. But Heavens on Earth, Heavens Plural. Yep totally agree with the scientific search for the afterlife immortality and utopia by the way i had to look up utopia okay <laughs> it's nowhere <laughs> right yeah. and then there's dystopia yeah right yeah, yeah so what is i mean break these down for me the afterlife and i was shocked when i and it's of course it's all over all of your materials 74 percent of americans think that there's an afterlife yeah i'm in the 26 yeah okay good <laughs> i think we live we die yeah it's over you're an atheist right or an agnostic or I, i'm um I'm a, a, what's the difference? Well, technically not much. Agnostics just claim uh, it's an unknowable concept. We can't know if there's a God or not. Atheists, the weak atheists say, I don't believe in God. And strong atheism, I, I believe there is no God. So slight difference in terms of whether it's a positive statement, I'm sure there's no God, versus I just don't believe in a God. Mm -hmm. Th then, by the way, there's apatheism, which is, I don't give a shit if there's a God or not. <laughs> They're apathetic about it. That, I might be there. Yeah, okay, yeah. But yeah. I don't, I'm not, uh, you're right, I'm not, I never, I don't walk around and say, oh, I'm an atheist or right. I'm an agnostic or I'm an apathetic or whatever. I'm, yeah. I just say I, I'm just not religious. And, and yeah, that's right. And most people say that, like on the dating sites, they have the box, you know, spiritual but not religious. Yeah. These are the, This is the fastest growing religious group in America, so-called religious group, is the nuns, the people that tick the box for no religious affiliation. That's 24% of everybody, 33% of millennials. They have no belief in God. Now, they're not necessarily atheists or whatever. They might be Buddhists or you know Western-type Buddhists or followers of Deepak Chopra or, or something like this, that consciousness continues on after the death of the body, something like that. But they don't believe in any kind of anthropomorphic God, a God that cares about us and, and it pays final judgment in the next life and all that stuff. Yeah, I know. So it, that, that's the, you know, it's a pretty positive sign for, you know, in terms of secular government and mm -hmm. keeping you know, religion out of politics, that's a good, that's a good thing. Well, it's clearly out of politics now. I mean, you cannot tell me that Donald Trump. <laughs> I, I have a hard time believing. There's no way. There's but, no way. But the white evangelicals came out in droves for him, and because they're older, well, they, for other reasons. they vote. 
Yes, that's right. It was a proxy for something else. But yeah. they vote more than millennials do, unfortunately. And it's so funny. Like, it's such a hot... Like, you asked me that. Like, you just hit me with it, right? It's my podcast. You're asking me questions. This is cool. Um, it's so... Like, I caught myself. I was like, oh, shit. How? Like, because the listener, you know, uh, probably 75% of these people listening are spiritual, are religious. And and when you react that way, like, no, I don't believe in God. I don't, I'm not religious. Like, people's... People get pretty um upset with that they can sometimes uh, I, I think of it this way that um i don't believe in god i don't care what you believe as long as you're not doing something that harms other people mm-hmm. or like corrupting politics with you know the religious right i think was problematic teaching creationism in school because that's a pseudoscience not good flying planes into buildings in the name of religion not good. not good you know but you know like most of the mormons i know are super nice people uh, they do you know manning the soup kitchens in la the, the churches that do that that's all good so it's not it's only really the concern of to what extent a belief leads to some bad behavior yeah and i think that that structure what i always get to this is like look if somebody said to me oh, okay so there should be no churches there should be no religions i'm like no no i actually think that's amazing because people are fucking crazy and so if they don't have some experience weekly or bi-weekly where it keeps them in check we're in trouble Right. So we're a social primate species. We have to be with other people. We like being with other people. So any kind of social organization does this. Religions, they've had a head start on this. But there are lots of different ways people gather and kind of reinforce each other and their beliefs and political beliefs or ideologies or, you know, a cycling group. Like, you know, we got group rides. You know, you have friends and it's sort of a collective social thing and we talk about things. And there's a lot, you know, bowling leagues is kind of the metaphor that sociologists use. Um, you know, so there's nothing special, supernatural about religion in terms of like, why is it religious people live longer? They have healthier lives. There's nothing mystical because God is rewarding them. It's that religious people have a social community that says, you know, Lance, don't, don't eat the extra cheesecake. Don't forget to take your vitamins. Get, get that thing checked on don't your, drink alcohol don't drink too much right. you know no get, sleep more right so, so it kind of reinforces healthy behavior which is fine um and you know mormons do that you know and mormons also have a pretty serious uh, uh, social security system for their own kind you know they collect they tithe 10 percent right. and they're serious about it i mean they do capital gains kind of a capital gains uh 10 percent you sell your house and you make x amount of money the church wants 10 percent you know that. and i'm so glad you brought up this the, the mormons because um I, I didn't know that i thought this is crazy and uh, you said it on joe rogan so I'm, you can say it again but i didn't realize that that religion was started by a 14 year old kid right so joseph Which, smith yeah yeah it's an incredible story that is incredible <laughs> and he gathered this following and then uh you know he had this revelation from god where he's going to uh, translate these golden tablets from uh, reformed hieroglyphics into english by putting his face in this hat with these magic stones, which sounds super crazy, but at the time there was this kind of goofy spiritual movement that was a lot of people doing this sort of thing, hearing voices, speaking in tongues, that 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 kind of um, uh, sort of radical evangelical um, movement that uh, you know fueled a lot of people to move toward that, and then. You know, then some bad things happened. He, this was in Palmyra, New York, and so there was some shady business stuff, so he, he moved to Missouri. And then there was some more shady stuff that got him in trouble, and he was killed. And so usually the death of the cult leader is the death of the religion that it could become, but unless a, a strong person takes over and, and starts anew, which is what happened with Scientology, for example. When L. Ron Hubbard died, then this David Miskovich took over and and drove it to be a, a bigger organization. In the case of Mormons, it was Brigham Young, and he took him to Utah. 
basically there's nothing there and no one could bother them. And, uh, so, the, and, and so one of my favorite books is John Krakauer's book under the banner of heaven. John Krakauer is the guy that wrote into yeah. the wild and into yeah. thin air. Great writer. Right. So he starts the story for the Atlantic. I think it was just on, uh, on this polygamous murder in, in Southern Utah. And that got him into the whole polygamous story and how he has this funny section in there where Joseph Smith gets the, re- basically he's got, he's having an affair with some woman down the street. He's married. So he gets a revelation from God. He has to go home and tell his wife, you know, Emma, honey, I've been talking to God, and he says that I have to marry this other woman. <laughs> and my friends were all there, and they heard it too. And, of course, she's not happy to hear this, as you can so imagine. So mul- this is how they get to the multiple part. That's right. And He's not and, saying, I'm leaving you to marry No, her. no, no. Yeah. And his wife says, well, in that case, I'm going to have an extra husband. He goes... No, uh, you know, we were talking to God about this. He was really clear. It's just for the guys only. <laughs> it was just such a dude kind of thing. It's like, come on, really? And she bought it, you know, sort of. Well, my friends were all there, and they heard it. Anyway, then when he died, then Brigham Young said, oh, I'm not going to do this. We're going back to, you know, monogamy. But then uh-huh. but then he tried it and said, hey, you know, this is, you know, sister wives and all that kind of stuff. All right, this is good. And they moved to Utah, and it took off. Until 1894, when the state of Utah wanted to be, when the territory of Utah wanted to become a state, and the federal government said, you're not going to be a state with this yeah, polygamy thing. That. Yeah, no, no, we're not doing So, it. yeah, I mean, it's interesting, like, um, these stigmas around religion and race uh, and politics with regards to, I mean, maybe there are no more stigmas now that, that we are where we are. But, um, you know, when, when did Romney run for the last time? I mean, it was always like people felt, it's, it seemed to me that people were like, there's no, we cannot elect a Mormon, just because of all the things you just right, laid out, right. like that. And I'm not saying Mitt Romney's a good or a bad guy. I don't know, but at some point in a debate or in a, you know just an overwhelming amount of press, people go, "No, we're, 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 this is crazy." But maybe we're past that. Yeah, I think so. With uh, my my quip is the difference between a, a cult and a religion is about a hundred years. Yeah. And Mormons, you know, Romney was. Let's see, that was in twelve. Uh, he ran in twelve. Twelve. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was McCain in 08. In twelve, so and, and so he he got the nomination of the Republican Party, a Mormon. So that that that's the sign of mainstreamism. Now he's going to run for Senate in uh, in Utah. So you know that they they've gone mainstream. Scientology probably I don't think they're going to make it because there's been too much controversy about yeah, that. Yeah, that's some. You know, but how how we, we we even the language we use, you know, cult. What it it, it, it has sort of pejorative uh, connotations. And where where do the people in the cult live? In a compound. You know, why, why don't they live in a house? Well, because they're a cult, and cults live in compounds. So you saw this with the Waco thing. There was just that six-part Waco series. Yeah. Very disturbing, the, you know, the government overreach. I mean, this guy, uh, David Koresh, you know, he was a wingnut, and he was a bad, bad dude. But, you know, you know, go barging in with tanks and guns. It was handled. I mean, you can't, <clears throat> you can't look at that and say that it was— it, obviously, it was handled wrong, but it was crazy to watch that all go down. Being you know, 100 miles down right, the road, we got right. to watch it pretty up close. Yeah. All the tactics, you know, like they would, these people were these super religious people. They would go get, you know, these stacks of speakers that you would have at, <laughs> right. at, at ACL Festival and they put them right by, right. like as close as they could. Yeah. And they were playing like, you know, Judas Priest and right. Iron Maiden and like trying to just drive <laughs> these people fucking crazy right. with loud music, which, by the way, would drive anybody crazy. Right. They played, the they, they played Nancy Sinatra's These Boots Are Made For Walking, like over and over and over. You would want to put a gun to your head after that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. so they got that tactic actually from that sort of 1950s mind control research that the CIA was doing back when we thought you could create a Manchurian candidate and 
program people or deprogram and all that stuff. So they got these ideas. Well, we could play music or we play. One of the things they played was uh, the sacrifice of rabbits, like rabbits screaming when they're when they're being cut open or something. It was just sort of gross stuff. Wow. Yeah. Janet Reno was mean. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, she was intense. <laughs> not her finest hour. Yeah. Yeah. And then now let's talk about our immortality because oh, yeah. yeah. I'm so. Uh, what am, well, how do I want to say that? Like the, because I and I think you do too as well. Like this whole idea that we can prolong life, we can, we can live stronger, longer, yeah. faster, longer, yeah. better, longer. You know, there's all of the you know, and I've sort of shifted from riding a lot and running a lot to spending more time in the gym and just doing more power stuff. So in that space, in that world, yeah. there's, there's a lot of that. Like there's a lot of this quote unquote biohacking. Yeah, there's diets, there's yep. there's supplements, there's um, light therapy. Yeah, it's, it's endless. Right? Yes, most of it's bullshit. It it really is mostly just pseudoscience. science. I didn't want to do it anyway. <laughs> Some of it, uh, new diet, nutrition, obviously has to matter somehow. But sure. on one hand, I watch your podcast with Esseltine. It's mm. like, okay, this guy makes perfect sense. I'm going right down this. And then Joe Rogan has on the the meat lady. The yeah. you know the the uh, big fat surprise that meat is perfectly good, animal fat is good, whole milk, whole yogurt. This is the way to go. I'm like, so when I walk into the Starbucks in the morning, I get my coffee. Do I get the oatmeal or do I get the egg sandwich? And I don't really know. I get the egg sandwich. You do? I get that fancy, like snooty version of a of a sausage McMuffin. With right, it. right. I get the Starbucks version of that. Yeah, yeah. Twice with a side of the, uh, oh, with the low fat coffee cake. Okay. Look at that. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's not the fat, apparently, it's the sugar, but anyway, so so sort of scaling up from uh, life extension, radical life extension, mm -hmm. all the way up to cryonics and mind uploading, so let's just go through some of those real quick. Um, now, the, the transhumanists and the life extensionists, they want to get more and more of us up to the upper wall, okay? So the first myth I debunk in here is that people today live twice as long as people lived centuries ago, okay? Right. This is not true. People lived in their 80s and 90s and 100s uh, centuries ago, just not very many of them. So more and more of us are getting up to the upper ceiling. But our average is... The average is climbing, yeah. right? So now it's about 80. Uh, it used to be 40. But it isn't like everybody dropped dead at 40, you know, centuries ago. Some people, Once you make it out of childhood, the chances then double you're going to make it to 60. And if you make it to 40, you're going to more likely make it to 80 and so on. All the things that could take you out. Mm -hmm. All that's the result of public health measures, modern medicine, vaccinations, things like that. What these guys want to do is reprogram the cells because what happens in your 80s, late 80s, and early 90s is everything starts to deteriorate and cells start to be unable to continue duplicating. So there's this thing called the Hayflick limit, which is the number of times a cell can divide before it dies, you know, 50, 60 times or so. And not like little children, I have a two-year-old now, and, and, you know, when he gets a little cut or something, you can practically watch it heal. It's incredible how healthy. Now, why can't you and I have bodies that just continue to, like that all the way up into our hundreds or whatever? Uh, and, and it doesn't. And, and, but there are cells that continue to multiply indefinitely without a Hayflick limit. They're called cancer cells, which mm. you know something about. Sure. So you don't want to somehow reprogram the cells that they can divide indefinitely and then become cancerous. So this is a super hard problem genetically. Now, these CRISPR technologies and some of the new genetic engineering snip snip of the genome has some promise, but we're not close to you know, breaking the upper limit of about 120. Mm. So... There's nothing that, that we have yet on board, but in an encouraging way, the uh, people like uh, Google's um, Calico is a company they have to defeat aging. They're treating it as an engineering problem. 
Now, I love this because, first of all, they have you know a, a gazillion dollars to do something about it. So this, these aren't you know like wing nut cranks off in their garage somewhere right. offering. And they're doing this just for fun. Well, well, for, well of course they want to make money eventually. Yeah, but, yeah. They're, but, they're, but right now they're just kind of. It, it's one of their ex. What do they call it? The X projects, or you know the you know they off where they're gonna do, they're gonna have like the self driving cars was one of those yeah. projects. And so, but, but instead of like trying to live 500 years or a thousand years, you know, my answer to them is look, just get me to 90 without, you know, prostate cancer, get me to hundred without uh, Alzheimer's, you know, get me to 110 without being in a bed on a morphine drip, you know, just solve specific problems. Uh, so from there, then if you don't make it, um, you can have yourself chronically frozen. So here you're dipped in liquid nitrogen, 260 degrees below zero, and you're just a block of ice. Now there's a couple hundred people that people have done do this. People do that? Yeah, people have done that. About 260 people have done this, and they are mostly in Arizona and Phoenix, which is not a good place to have your cryonics company in case electricity goes out. Right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so the, and you can just do the head unit uh, or the whole body, and uh, it's a couple hundred grand to do it, but you, you get an insurance policy. So the beneficiary on the insurance policy is the cryonics company. So you can do it for the cost of a few thousand bucks a year on your premiums. Right. So in the hope that something comes along that would have cured you, that now, you yeah, just thaw yeah. out and here right. we go. Yeah. Next, just, just, never, just jumpstart this thing again. Yeah, it's never going to happen. That's a but bunch the, of bullshit. Yeah. That ain't happening. <laughs> it's not Even happening. Even I know that's not happening. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can tell the difference between a frozen steak and a real, you know, non-frozen steak. No. And, uh, now they have new techniques that are better than just raw freezing. They inject the body with this um, cryoprotectant antifreeze. The problem is, is that you that legally cryonics is a form of burial, so you are frozen on the worst day of your life, the day you die. And where are you when you die? You you're out on your bike ride. You're on a car somewhere. You're in a hotel, and they don't get to you right away. And the cells are dying within minutes. So to get the cryoprotectant in there to and then pump the body full of this ice and all this freezing technology takes hours even days so every no one frozen today will ever be brought back i got this and i actually did i, I, I did actually start this book um uh, the, i might have made it a chapter or two called stealing fire or, oh right i've heard of that book i haven't read that so it, it, it and i bring it up just because it, it 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 starts by really looking at two groups so um uh, google who you know, there is yep. no telling, by the way, no telling what they're doing behind those walls. Right, right. Uh, with all walks of life and right. animals and no yep. telling. And then um, uh, elite uh, SEAL teams. Right. So the, and it, but it, primarily around this, the, the idea of hallucinogenics and mind-altering things and trying to, um, you know, for a long time, or for, I guess up until recently here, those were sort of bad words, right? Oh, my God. Right. You know, and now... Right. There are people that are going, including Google, including SEAL teams, all these people that are like, hang on a second, this right. in terms of mental clarity, yep. total and complete human optimization, right. which is, you know, both of those groups need and want that. Right. A lot on the line for these guys, right? The right. SEAL team guys, a lot on the line for them financially. Right. So right. we want, the, I would love to just peek in there one day. <laughs> yes. Well, because, uh, you know, you have to sleep a certain number of hours a day if you could have that and still be alert. That's probably a chemical thing you can do, mm. or genetically engineer a chemical thing, or heighten your senses, you know, increase your VO2 uptake or power up, but whatever it is you want to do. Uh, in terms of performance enhancement, the next step is you know ge just genetically reengineering. This is coming. It's, you know, this is happening. Yeah. I, I tell people this all the time because I get the question more yeah. than anybody. Well, yeah. first question is cycling clean now. 
Right. In which point I answer, I don't know, because I'm so far removed. I don't right. know. And then two, should we just legalize doping? Right. Um, which is a whole other answer. But the, what I eventually get to with, with this situation is that, look, once we can manipulate genetics, so manipulate the body to, uh, to create more red blood cells or to create right. more power, to cre- uh, what then? Right. Yes. You're right. done. What does it mean? Like what? as a fan, you're just like, okay, well, I'm only going to watch. Like right. I'm not going to say it's – that's a heavy thought actually. It's huge and it's coming and uh, in all walks of life. And, and maybe we want to have a level playing field in this sport or that sport or whatever, but in life in general. Mm-hmm. So we know that a lot of med students and law students, they take certain stimulants and stuff for finals and stuff. But, you know, what's the difference between coffee – which is sort of a low-grade stimulant to stay awake to study for your finals, and something better, some of these... Uh, Adderall or... Yeah, yeah, because you're already manipulating your brain chemistry anyway, you know, so it's a sliding scale. You know, when I was running Race Across America in the 90s, uh, after I was done racing, I, you know, I thought, you know, we started doing the uh, doping testing with the UCLA lab, and I thought, well, you know, what's the point of this? I mean... Why not just legalize it? Just let everybody do whatever they want. Because there's so many ways to beat it at the mm-hmm. time, and it was pretty crude back then. Whatever uh, people were doing or not, um, you know, what does it mean to have a fair race? You know, there's we have this idea that God gave us this body, or evolution gave us this body, and that's it. Uh, but you, but but you're already tweaking it just by training mm-hmm. and diet and, and napping stuff, and napping and just all the stuff we should be doing. It all, yeah, those yeah. are all performance enhancers. Yes, right, right. So, but there has to be a line. Like I, I tell people. Um, that I mean, there may be p- small part of me or a day of, of of a week where I'm like, I don't, I just don't care, I don't right. care anymore. Um, but then I, I mean, I have sons and I have kids and they play sports and and you know, I don't know if your two year old's a boy or a girl, but if even the if boy, they, yeah. yeah, grow up to to ride bikes, I mean, at that point, I think you care. Yeah, like I, I'm yeah. like, yo, I actually do care. Yeah. And so it, that, that you mean because we don't know what the consequences are, long term consequences. No, just, I, mean, just... I, I mean, one's you know, my oldest son is a football player. I mean, you look that game, right? Come on, that's a tough game. That's a tough Those game. It's getting... a power game, yep. it's a speed game, and yep. there's impact. And you know, just for the obvious reasons that are in the press every minute of every day, you care. I yes. care about that, right? Um, and you know, my little guy's eight, so I don't know if he's gonna, what he's going to be a swimmer, a cyclist, right. a football player, but. I would, I would, I care about that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a hard problem because the moment you say, okay, this is where, what we consider to be a level playing field. These are the levels. Mm -hmm. Okay. But some people are born with a little bit more or less. So it's, well, that's our natural. Yeah. But some people train harder and they're born with a drive higher than other people's drives. I mean, these are psychological states that are measurable. You know, your, your need of achievement, how much you, you know, when you get up in the morning and you feel the need to get up and get out and start pounding out your workout. Not everybody feels that way. Some people feel, you know, I just don't feel like I want to work out that hard. And that's, that's a genetic thing. That's a, you know, sort of, and right. you can try to train for that. Yeah. You're, you work harder. You're, you're more motivated. You are a cheater. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, I mean, this, this whole idea of a, of a, you know, a fair society and how did some people become successful? Now, the conservative model is that what's called the just world theory that, that the poor are poor because, you know, they just don't work hard enough. You know, they're just not motivated and that's too bad for them. And I'm successful because I work hard. Yeah. Well, you know, this is what Obama meant when he gave that speech. He famously said, you know, you didn't build that company or you didn't earn that. And he got picked on by the conservatives. But what he meant is, 
you, you know, somewhere along the line, you met a teacher just by chance. You went to this school instead of that school, and this person motivated you. You didn't choose that. Uh, uh, your parents gave you some drive genetically or whatever that you're motivated to work hard and make right. money. Not everybody cares about that. And it's not important. You, you don't have to make money to be happy and so on. So, um, and then there's all the chance and the other things, the roads, the bridges and so on. You didn't do any of that. You know, yeah. that's what he meant. And he, I thought it was unfair that he got picked on uh, because, you know, not everybody has the same drive. So if we're going to level the playing field, what about some people are more motivated to train harder than others? Well, that's just the way it is. Mm. Yeah. You know, they don't, you know, they don't, then it all gets in the press gets in and then it gets, you know, it did I look at my life. I know this, I know, I know what happened. I know, I know how I felt. I know how my competitors, my teammates felt and what happened. But, and then it all just gets twisted. So a lot of us in, in the sport, uh, it's like I've been in sports in 79, you know, and I was eight. <laughs> you were eight years old. Okay. <laughs> I had a bike. <laughs> and, you know, people were doping back then. We all knew it. Everyone talked about it. It was just sort of the way. Um, and, it, you know, but the idea, the sense that we all had was, well, if, if everybody's doing it or, and everyone knows what everybody does more or less, and there's it, kind of a level playing field anyway. Mm. So our sense is that, you know, just on the way over here, I was, just before I got here, I looked up all the people that were on the podium with you and everyone but one. Uh, has been implicated in doping scandals. Mm. So, okay, so it's too much to say everybody in the tour doped, but come on, most of them. Yeah. And so why is that not a level playing field? Mm. Now, okay, I understand the, well, if you set it at 50, then they're going to go to 51. When you set it at 51, they're going to go to 52, hermetocrit level, say. Um, but um, but why is, you know, why are some people punished more than others? These are extra sporting uh, questions. Yeah, and I'm the worst person to, I, I understand. to, to respond I, I understand. to that. I, mean, I, I it, understand, but our, my feeling is is that even if there were no drugs in the sport, uh, there would the same people would be at the top. You yeah. know, Mercs and you know you so on. The you know the, the, just drive natural gifts. Yeah. diet whatever everybody great did. teams great teams great directors. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and this is why I think not, none of the people that finish below you have claimed well, no. the spot right because they know right yeah come on but that but that's and that look again the only uh, i i can't even touch this one but the only thing i will wade in on a little bit is that that is a shame right the most one of the most iconic if not the most iconic annual sporting event in the world warts and all uh, doesn't have a winner like how right. can you right it has it has to have a winner when somebody gives back and it, it, this even extends to the uh international olympic committee because they insisted that i hand back a bronze medal that i had from 2000 uh, i was like no problem the third <laughs> place medal you can have but um when you when any other sport athlete controversy situation gives back the medal it goes to somebody else every time right and in the case of the IOC and that medal from Sydney, and in the case of those tours, they just left them empty. I, like I, and you're look, you're a smart person. You're a historian. You 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 you've looked at the last thousand years, and you're looking at the next thousand. Like over time, people are just going to go. Wait a minute, I, how's that possible? Right to, to me, it, it feels right. like like it, right. it, there has to be a name there. Right. Well, 
not necessarily, I guess. No. The problem, right. the problem is we, what we don't know, what, what isn't seen, is the people who didn't do it or chose not to do it and they just left mm -hmm. the sport or whatever, we'll never know. Well, those are few and far. I yeah. mean, those are the Scott yeah. Merciers of the right. world, right? right. That, you know, who, who, um, um, who just said, no, I'm not playing. Right. And, but, you know, and, and Scott's become a really, really dear friend of mine. I'd say this to his face. Scott Mercier had, you know, a, um, a graduate degree from Cal Berkeley. Really? Yeah. Oh. So he's like, okay, I'll go back and be an investment banker. Okay, right. Yes, right. He had options. And make more money people. and do better. And da, 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 da. Right. You know, if you're from Plano East. Right. And you're like, right. all right, here's my whole card. Like, right. that was what. Right. Or from slovakia or right. you know fucking i don't know columbia you're whatever gonna, you're gonna work in the coal mine you're like yeah as an alternative you know i didn't so, go to cal berkeley right so the way a an experimental psychologist or social scientist thinks about it is a is a is a, a rational choice actor people are rational choice actors we're making choices based on the matrix of of incentives and so what's the rational thing to do well if every if you know everybody's doing the one percent two percent five percent ten percent whatever it, it is that they're taking and if you don't take it you, you just you can, it's not that you're not going to win it's that you probably can't even compete really yeah. maybe you're last or whatever but you know if you want to have a successful life it's like okay so you you, you reach this choice okay do I, I do it or i go back to well if you go back to cal berkeley or whatever no problem you have choices rational good choices but if you don't have rational alternatives you know, most athletes say they would do it. You know, if there was sur surveys done, I remember back in the eighties of Olympic athletes, you know, if you, if you, if you took this and you could win a gold medal, but you knew you're going to drop dead at 40, would you do it? Yeah, do it. it was I, like, I, always, <laughs> I remember, I remember hearing or reading those, those surveys. And I'm thinking, I think the question was if, and it was of course, right on the eve of an Olympic games, if you could, we guarantee if you're guaranteed to win a gold medal, but you would have to take X, Y, and Z, and equals you would die in five years like the number to me was like crazy yeah, high I'm yeah, like, yeah yeah <laughs> who does that <laughs> yeah like i would have been like no fuck that i'll go I'll, <laughs> right five years isn't long enough that, 50 or yeah, 20, i don't yeah. know what the number is but who says that <laughs> there's a lot of people that have told elon musk they'll go to mars on a one-way trip and then if they die they don't care so you know who knows people are willing to that's power <laughs> yeah that's power right yeah yeah so you know, and not only am I rich, I have people like just signing up to just maybe right. not come back. <laughs> right. What a stud. <laughs> and, and take a Tesla to space. <laughs> See, we got our flying cars. They talked about flying cars in the fifties. We got them. It's there's one in orbit now. And and we, <laughs> we are going to have flying cars in I think in a decade. I think we'll have. I think we'll you have do. I think we'll have drones. Yeah, drones. Yeah, 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 yeah. The yeah. Trent that move humans, not packages, yes, not right. cameras. Maybe that would that's that's a challenge, Elon. That's why he's doing the boring. I live in Austin. Thing. We yeah. have the worst traffic anywhere, so everybody really? here is like worse than L.A. Nah, I mean, yeah, yeah, come on. Wait, it's, you know why it's bad? It's bad because people don't expect it to be bad. They're like, oh, Austin, cool place. It's not L.A. It's not New York. It's not, uh, you know, Houston. Right. Um, and then they get here and they realize that forty years ago, when this city had an opportunity to say, you know what, we are a cool city. And at some point in twenty eighteen, everybody's gonna be here for South by and go, Oh my God, we want to move there and we don't have any state income tax and we don't have all these things. Right. And uh, you know, forty years ago they said, Fuck that, we're not building the infrastructure. We don't want people here. Right. Fast forward to boom, two million people in this area. Right. Without an east west corridor, right. without a ring, right. without light rail that is much to speak of, without a right. and boom. Yep. And now it's too late. Right. 
Well, Elon wants to go underground because the flying car thing is, is probably too expensive. So you just, the Hyperloop. The, yeah, the Hyperloop and also just tunneling all around L.A. I mean, London and New York have tunnels all, all under the city. It's, it can be done. Uh, it's just L.A. is so big. God, it's so expensive. <laughs> Imagine the price on that kind of work is tremendous. Yeah. So this is one of the things that drives people back to, to my book, to the, the idea that you can upload the mind and we can live forever. If we can do all these things, self-driving cars and go to the moon, go to Mars, and all this stuff's going to happen. Why can't we live forever? And so, But the problems are much, much worse, much harder than, than any of these others in terms of like copying the connectome. The connectome is the analog to your genome. It's a copy of every memory you have in your head. And then we're going to upload that into the cloud or into your computer. And then you know, when your body dies, we have a copy of you. And let's say we, every thought I've ever had. Y y well, this is the idea. Yeah, maybe you don't want all of them. <laughs> I'm, I I think I'm I'm out now. Like I'm, I'm right. I'm going to shut the computer. No, nobody. By the way, nobody wants that. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is why Christopher Hitchens famously described the Christian heaven as celestial North Korea. I mean, you go there and there's you know this dictator that knows all your thoughts and controls everything you do. It's like that doesn't sound like fun. No, <laughs> no, no. I don't want people. I don't want anybody to know every thought I have. No. But this is the theory. It's a crazy theory, and it's it's even worse because um, let's say we copy you. Let's say you uh, back up your mind every night where you're sleeping, and then uh, and then it goes to the cloud. And and you go out on a bike ride or whatever, and some tragedy happens, and you're killed on the bike ride. And so people take the police call, contact Anna. Oh, this is terrible. No problem. We have a I have a copy of Lance in the cloud, and I have a clone of his body down at the at the company. So I'll just put it all back together, and I'll have him back. But you were wearing your helmet. It was a cold day, and you actually fell into this frozen lake, and and you survived. And two weeks later, you come back and you decide to go home, and and surprise Anna. I'm here. And there's a there, there's another Lance Armstrong in the house with with your with your sweetheart, and you're going wait wait a minute what who is this guy and you, yeah. and he's like I'm you and you're going no 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 I, I'm standing right here so this is the you problem. write about this in yes, the book yes yes this is actually this is bullshit I mean the, come on this is what I'm they, not that the book is bullshit but this the, cannot happen. this is the theory that people have and it can't work it's just a copy of you you're not going your point of view is not going into the cloud. The point of view self. So this there's a movie, Johnny Depp's movie, Transcendence. This is what happens. He gets polonium poisoning from a terrorist, and he, he's about to die, so he uploads his mind, and the computer turns it on. He's, he's in there looking at the little camera hole. This isn't going to happen. Your, your, your point of view self is in the head, and you can copy all the memories and put them somewhere, but your point of view looking out through your eyes, like you wake up tomorrow morning, it's still there. You wake up from a surgery, it's still there. Yeah. But you wake up after being chronically frozen or copied into the cloud. I don't think that's going with it. Yeah. And one point you made, I, it was in an interview you did, you know, look, this is all work and research and uh, expensive research, um, which, I don't know, I guess some of it could be good, some of it not. That sounds weird. I'm sure there's other things that are good. But it's not like we are sitting here in 2018 going, all right, well, we fix everything else, so let's go just kind of fuck around with some weird stuff like, Yo, how about the 1,500 Americans that died today of cancer? Right, right. Uh, you know, and Alzheimer's, and, and I mean, all right, of these right. just terrible, terrible right. situations. It's like, shouldn't we maybe, and this is the point you made in the piece, it's like, we have plenty of stuff that we actually still need to fix. Exactly. I mean, really, why worry about living a thousand years? Let's just get more and more people up into the hundreds, yeah. you know, healthy, strong, cognitively aware. You know, what do we got to do? You know, sleep diet, whatever. Yeah. Okay. Reprogramming the cells. Okay. If we can do that, this is what I'm worried about. That, so that one of the themes of the book is 
this obsessive focus on the afterlife that religious people have, these scientists have, I call it the afterlife or atheist. You know, it's just you're missing out. This is this is where we live right. here now, not the not the hereafter, here. Not the afterlife, this life. Uh, I call this um, um, Alvy's error. Alvy is Alvy Singer, Woody Allen's character in An uh, Annie Hall. Mm -hmm. And remember in the beginning of the movie, he's a little flashback where he's a young boy and he won't do his homework, so his mother takes him to the psychiatrist. And the psychiatrist says, all right, Alvy, what's the problem? He goes, the universe is expanding. He goes, the universe is expanding. He goes, the universe is everything there is, and if it's expanding, then one day it's going to blow up so nothing really matters. Right. And his mother yells him, What's the universe got to do with it? We live in Brooklyn. Brooklyn's not expanding. Go home and do your homework. You know, that's, and that's right. That's what the mom and dad's supposed to say. Yeah, I mean, so we live in Brooklyn. We live in this life. We, it doesn't matter a thousand years from now or eternity, heaven. None of that matters. By the way, none of my kids would ever say it. They wouldn't say that. Like that's not even the way. I'm so glad. I guess like they don't <laughs> even think that way. They they have other shit they say. Like you know, uh, I don't know. Like I want to play with my iPad. <laughs> right. They have a right. lot of excuses. Right. It isn't like that. Back to the cancer thing, which just because I, uh, uh, and I, I know you've talked a lot about this in, in, in the past as well, but just sort of merge into this. If you take the, the war on cancer, as it's called, which right. Nixon declared yep. many, many, many decades ago, yep. and it is a war. I agree. I agree. Anything that takes that many American lives every day, every year. If that was terrorism, we would oh be in a national crisis. Look, we, what do you, we saw it. It happened yeah. in one day, right? So... Right. We'll use those two things, right? Yeah. This idea of conspiracy theorists. So look at 9-11. Look at the war on cancer. The, the conspiracy theorists on 9-11 are, 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 you know, you can go to YouTube and they're everywhere, right? Yep. But there's plenty of conspiracy theorists with, the war, with regards to cancer. Like, we have the cure. And, and, and when I spent 15 years in that world, and it, you know, I'd have people say, oh, you know they can cure it, but... It's just too much right, yeah. financial incentive right, yeah. and upside right. for big pharma right. that yep. it's never going to be cured. Yep. I mean, that's just, that is crazy talk. Of course. Because look at all the things we have cured yeah. uh, that people used to make money off of. So why did that happen? Yeah, yeah, they are crazy. The problem is, I think, the, the, there's, not, there's not cancer. There's not one thing that's called cancer. There's you know, right. how, 50 different, 100 ones. Oh, hundreds. Kinds, hundreds, I, yeah. I speak to it all the time. And they all have different uh, you know, complex systems that are uh, genetically different and so on. And you know, the next step is you know, uh, sequencing the genome of right. a cancer and then compare it to yours and see how, what's the exact best treatment. That's coming. I mean, it's already yep. uh, Jimmy Carter, right? He got the then they inject the virus in his brain tumor, and that's why. I, I think you, that's I don't know what did. they did, but that that old boy. I mean, been, he was written off. He, they, he's he been was, hanging in there. That's he, it's just crazy. Yeah. I saw this clip of him too. And I think it was on CNN where he was like, I don't know why, but he was flying Delta, like, and he's like in like row thirty-two. Did you <laughs> did you see this clip? <laughs> no. When he's walking, the fucking President Carter <laughs> is walking down the road. First bag. of all, he's a president, so he yeah. should either be in a Gulfstream. Right. Or at worst, he should be sitting first right. class. Homie's in like 32A. He's walking <laughs> back and he's he shakes every person's hand, takes a picture. Like it was, and he's ancient now. Right. Like this is, and of course, everybody's filming yeah, 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 President yeah. Carter. It yeah. was awesome. I don't know if that was just some <laughs> some PR stunt, but I don't I don't know why he would do that. But it was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. What a what a mensch. Yeah, good, good temperament, good personality. A little bit different than our current uh, uh, habit of the White House. Yeah. <laughs> Takes yeah. all different kinds of personalities. But yeah, I think we're getting the cancer thing, uh, some progress, long ways to go.
yeah. Alzheimer's, my friends that work in that. Uh, my friend Rudy Tanzi from Harvard Medical, he's the guy that sequenced the, the, the genome of Alzheimer's and, and found how these plaques and tangles uh, surround the neurons and they start to kill them. And so you, your memories are disappearing because the brain is shrinking. The neurons are dying and so on. He tells me that, you know, that we're just, we just don't have the, there's no drugs you can take to, to even slow the progress of the disease. There's things you and I could do now um, that, you know, hopefully prolong uh, this process. You from, know what they say is one of the best things, you, like if you're worried about if it runs in the family or you're just freaked out about it, yeah. um, about Alzheimer's, one of the best things they say that you can do is endurance exercise. Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And sleep. Yeah. So then I'm yeah long bike ride followed by a nap. I'm, then I'm <laughs> how good is life with that? <laughs> I'm gonna have a lot of other problems, but I, I, I cannot have that. And problem. maybe uh, Rudy tells me meditation is supposed to be good, or at least some kind of kind of deep relaxation. Uh, this may have maybe like long walks or just sort of thoughtful, reflective. This might be good. Probably the Sudoku puzzles and that kind of stuff probably doesn't do anything, but it's good to you know keep a sharp mind. What about reading books? Reading like books, this? yeah. I mean, like, reading my book now. There's research look, showing this. That. <laughs> if you can get through this and focus on this, <laughs> and go for a long bike ride, I recommend after. Uh, audiobooks. I, I do audiobooks while I'm cycling. You know, I have the one earbud in so you can hear cars coming by when I'm up by myself. Yeah. And you can grind through a book a week or so if you, you know, if you ride a lot. Or you, I live in LA, so in Southern California, so we drive a lot. So I'd, be, I'd still be like thinking about what I'm going to do later or what I'm going to do. Yeah, you kind of get used to it. Yeah. Mm. But anyway, we don't know about, uh, about that. So, um, yeah. So uh, the last chapter of the book, I talk about, so what's the purpose of life if, if there is no afterlife? Or e e whether or not there is, again, it doesn't matter because we live in this life. So what's the purpose of this life? Okay. So the first pu purpose is to, it, it has to do with the second law of thermodynamics, which I think Neil talked about on your show. Uh, entropy. The universe is running down. So there's all sorts of ways that we can die that we, why we age and so on. And so pushing back against entropy is one of the things that we do as humans. We organize, we, you know, we create things, we put, we create energy, we, you know, try to live a, a full life. And, and, and then, and what, what is it that leads people to feel purposeful and meaningful? So uh, in the last 25 years or so, there's been a lot of research on happiness. So happiness is a big thing. Positive psychology is, is what it's called. And it turns out that just doing fun things with your buddies uh, or whatever, just something short-term um, is not enough. You know, it, it's fun for, for a little bit, but what gives people lasting meaning is something that's not so much fun, but, but is sort of more long-term in terms of your past and your future, helping people, getting outside of your own skin. The analogy I make in the book is, you know, is the difference between, say, going out to dinner with friends, and, and that's fun, versus caretaking for parents. I had four parents, two step parents, and so I was caretaker for two of them. And this was not fun at all. You know, driving my dad around to doctors after doctor to try to figure out this problem and that problem in hospitals. And, you know, it's physically exhausting, mentally draining, not fun, but I felt better about myself. And I feel like, you know, I did a good thing and, you know, I would want somebody to do that for me. And, you know, just it sort of sort of carrying on forward into, into the future feels good. Or, you know, if you're Elon Musk, you know, we're going to colonize Mars. You know, that sort of feels like one of those big, hard projects. So doing hard things that are not fun or just take our favorite sport, cycling. You know, when you're out riding hard, it's not fun. You know, you're not like, like out here, oh, I'm having so much fun climbing Gibraltar or whatever. It's like, right. this is suffering. You know, yeah, su this suffer is, yeah, work. But you feel better later. 
You know, it's like, yep. I feel really good. You lie down. It's like, oh, the you know, endorphins are flowing through your body. It's like, that was good. That was good. I feel good about that. And it, so it turns out that the research shows the difference between happiness and meaningfulness, that it's better to go for deeper, meaningful activities, balanced, of course, with daily fun things or whatever with your family and friends. But, um, but, but again, so, you know, having meaningful, purposeful work, a reason to get up in the morning, family and friends. Uh, and something spiritual, whatever you want to call it, it doesn't have to be, could be religion, could be meditation, could be helping out the soup kitchen, helping all the stuff you do with cancer patients, all that, you know, th these are the kinds of things that makes people feel like I've had a good life. Mm -hmm. You know, I did something that wasn't just about me and, it, you know, sort of beyond that, whatever spiritual means, this could also be, you know, I meditate or I'm a Buddhist or it, 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 prayer uh, it can be, you know, just thought, thoughtful, reflective, long walks on the beach or hikes or rides or whatever. Yeah. Just something that... Just paying it forward. Paying it forward, yeah. 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 I, there's a lot... I've never even thought about this, but I mean, there's a lot of people that... that, that I mean, you, you use the word meaningful. Think about how many people, they probably, they never do anything meaningful. Right. But, right. And and and, it, and they often end up unhappy about that. Yeah, I, I would think that just just kind of gets to the core. I mean, it's a balance, you know, you, yeah. you, you, not everybody's going to be Gandhi or, or Mother Teresa, <laughs> but, you know, there's... No, you know, nobody there's, in this room. <laughs> no, <laughs> there's certain things we can do that, you know, that make a difference. So, yeah. um, so I, tr I try to end the book on a kind of a, a positive note. These are, the, this is what we evolved to do. You know, we want to defeat entropy. We want to, uh, you know, reproduce and flourish and care about other people, our social group. Because we're a social primate species, we really do care about other people not mm -hmm. not just our kin and kind but the people that are friends and that we know yeah and uh in the moral arc i argue that it's 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 not enough to pretend that you're a caring person and manipulate people because other people will know it so you actually have to feel it like i really feel i care for my friend and then the friend knows that i'm genuine in that and feels the same way about me so i argue we evolve this kind of true friendship true morality true enough that it's part of our nature uh, this is, you know, our, this is addressing the problem of where does morality come from? Where does good and evil come from? Right. The theist argument is it comes from God. Okay, but how? How does that, you know, inside I feel like I've just done the right thing or I just did a wrong thing. Why would I feel guilty about stealing your stuff? You know, what, why would that emotion be in there? So we have to have a evolutionary explanation. So I offer that, that you can't fake being a good person. You can cheat. People do cheat. There are cheaters um, in terms like Wall Street people or whatever. Yes, politicians, we Cyclist. read about them. Well, you know, but but there's there's sort of a matrix there of uh, so what I argue about moral progress is we've we've kind of tilted the matrix to get people to uh, lean toward their better angels and suppress their inner demons. We all have inner demons. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Solzhenitsyn famously said um, that you know the, the the heart of darkness cuts through everybody's heart. You know, and that it's not enough to just eliminate the bad people send them to Australia or whatever. No, that everybody has the potential to do bad, everybody. So the question is, how can we tilt the incentives um, in society to, you know, so we have tax breaks for donations to nonprofits, for example. Right. That's a government way of saying we want to tilt the matrix to give people uh, motives to be good. And, we, you know, we, 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 we have policemen patrolling, just to remind you, you know, sort of shadow of enforcement. Right, right. You know, we know we know everybody thinks about running the red lights. We're going to park a squad car right there on the corner. Well, now it's you know now. I mean, it's obviously it's there's a camera there. Yes, it's, it's, yes. In the future, it's it's right. You know, with things like this around, and you know, they're, they're just the Big Brother is just going to get bigger and bigger. 
Yeah. So, yeah. All well, the way so the, down to yeah. whatever I would do, download my thoughts every night right. just to make sure. Well, Whoa. we don't, yeah, see, we don't want to go that far. You don't want a totalitarian state where right. we, like in um, Minority Report, where Tom Cruise, you know, the, we know who the criminals are before they, yeah. you know, we, that's too, too intrusive. Yeah. Right. So there's some balance in there. Uh, and you started out, like, I, it, you know, look, as I read your stuff, which I read a lot more about you than you probably were comfortable knowing, but it's been interesting, and I think I'm right on this, that you, your views on a lot of these things have changed drastically and they've changed and what's interesting to me is they've changed it's almost like you're reverse aging right so like <laughs> yeah. what is it was that they say like you if, you if you're not a liberal when you're young you don't have a heart if yeah, you're right. not a conservative when you're old you don't have a head or brain <laughs> That's right. like your yours your position positions are changing so when you're a young man you're very very religious you're pro-gun you were in right. favor of the death penalty. Right. And, you know, I'm sure your position on, on me has changed. And so now as you're older, I don't even know how old you are, but now they've they flipped. It's not supposed to work that way. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, it's hard to say. I, I try not to be committed to uh, a collective of beliefs. Like the, these are the set of dogmas that represent our team, our tribe, because mm -hmm. that's dangerous because you start believing things that you don't actually know anything about. It's just like if you, you ask conservatives about global warming, it's like, oh, it's a hoax. Do they know anything about it? No. It's just that that's what our team believes. It's cyclical, they'll tell you. Yes, that's right. This, it's sunspots. Okay, it's none of those. Anyway, um, so I try, I try to be more of an issues person. Like, okay, uh, you know, I was always against gun control because I was a libertarian, and, and the libertarian team says, we're freedom guys. Have all the guns and pot and anything you want to do. Keep the government out of my life. Okay, that's me. You know, and then it's, but but then as I look at the issues, like okay, gun maybe this is not such a good. Maybe we need some gun controls, um, and, and and same thing with some other issues. I'm, I'm still waffling on abortion. I'm pro-choice because uh, I'm in favor of women's rights, uh, but still, when I watch people like Ben Shapiro make arguments for pro-life, you know, this, you're killing a fetus. This this is an actual potential human, and you're killing it. It's like, yeah, okay, that's true. Uh, that's a good argument. So we have conflicting rights: the rights of the infant or fetus the rights of the woman to me i still want to side on the favor of the adult woman her rights versus the feet if if this choice has to be made okay anyway so I, but i try to think through each one like okay what what do we know what do we know about this and I, it turns out a lot of these things i knew nothing about it was like well i just kind of went along because that's what libertarians believe or whatever so I, I quit calling myself a libertarian maybe i'm a classical liberal you know sort of yeah socially liberal fiscally conservative in some respect i don't you know it's the problem with labels is that people have a whole set of, of things in their head about what that means oh you're a feminist oh i know what that means wait a right. minute wait a minute I, i'm not sure i mean i i believe what you think i believe yeah you know what i read it was in the paper this morning and, and like I, here look i barely squeaked out of plano we senior high so this is uh this makes no sense to me right i read that uh, they now confirmed that the temperature of the, the North Pole at the South Pole is now above freezing. Oh, I didn't see that story. Okay. This wow. was in the Austin paper today. Wow. So I'm right. thinking, okay, well, then here comes the water. Like, yo, if it's above, if it's not freezing, right. For the first time ever, yes. like, that's a scary. I, 
Yeah. Watch. Well, I, maybe I've dreamed it. I didn't make it. No, up no, right that, now, but... that may be true, but it may, it may just just be one, like one day of the year or something. It, 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 the average is going up slightly, so you get these cycles up and down, up and down. But it, but it's like you know, it's like a climbing sawtooth. The blade overall is going right. up, so there could be cooler days, warmer days. So the overall average is tilting up. Um, so and does but, this end up with places like Miami and New York City? I mean, it's just crazy to think that they're you know, not not anytime soon. And and we don't know. I mean, the sea level is rising, but it's just millimeters. It would be like a century or two. Plenty of time to move. Not that that's a, there's better solutions. Right. Uh, I you know I I call it the Elon Musk uh, technique. Just better technology. Let's just pour you know uh, startup company, you know cap, venture capital money into companies that. Uh, like for example, one of them is uh, these buildings made of concrete that absorbs carbon dioxide out of the atmosphere. Okay, that's cool. And there's people that invest in that, and there's like a hundred, a thousand projects like that. Um, that a you can make money doing it because that's what drives capitalism, and capitalism can drive change faster than government laws can drive change. So if we can do that, then try to do that. And I think so. I'm a I'm not a global warming skeptic at all but i think that it's real and human cause but that we can solve the problem mm. one of the things we do best as a species is we solve problems yeah we've been doing this for centuries uh and just look at the change we've witnessed just in our lifetime and this will continue computers for example cars um, this will continue so you're bullish on us humans solving, solving that problem, problem. yeah with regards to global warming yeah and maybe not so bullish just as an example on us humans solving an issue like or or an epidemic like cancer right I mean, it's, yeah i well i think the cancer I'm, problem I'm, is actually harder than yeah than the climate. I, like i don't like climate is just a handful of variables like i always it's and this is i'm just going to say this it's not going to sound very good to anybody that's associated with the disease or has it or mom or dad like we for years we peddled this idea of like we are going to cure cancer and it's it, it's a i don't know i i think I think there's something to like. I don't think I could say that again, right? I don't. I, uh, yeah. I, th I think I think you just have to be more realistic and honest about the, the right the actual issue at hand or the right the, the the fight. And so, um, but there have been some cancers we pretty much can. Well, my now, I mean right? testicular cancer. Yeah, yeah, and right. It's been God, I don't know, twenty one or twenty two years. Right. Twenty two. Right. So I think the progress, will, I think it's just much harder. Again, with climate, you just have a handful of variables that you have mm -hmm. to tweak. Uh, with cancer, it's you know, a thousand variables or whatever. Yeah. It depends, you know, which one. So, um, yeah, I'm bullish on, on, on that. The other things I'm, I'm pretty positive about is just the moral progress we've made. That, you know, the way we treat people um, and just, you know, life lifespan has increased. But, you know, the number of working hours you have to work, like, to have light, uh, you know, is it, it's just plummeted over the last two centuries. The amount of... Uh, energy you have to put into your life to uh, have a ho home and three meals a day to support your family has gone way down. You know, we have mm -hmm. more leisure time than ever before. Uh, and, you know, educational, almost everybody is literate now. They, you know, it used to be 10% of the world's population was literate, 90% illiterate two centuries ago. Now it's reversed. It's 90-10. Poverty, according to the Gates Foundation, Bill Gates just issued his annual letter. And he said, poverty will be extinct before by 2030. Gone. The UN's definition of $1.90 day, $1.90 a day or less, there'll be no one on the planet making less than that. Mm. Uh, this is huge. This is great. But yet, all you hear from the pundits is things are bad and getting worse. Mm -hmm. When in fact, they're good and getting better. 
but not perfect. The problem, yeah, but they don't, they don't tell, they don't write that. Those nobody writes that story. I know because it's not a fun story, mm -hmm. and, and there's no so there's no camera crews waiting in some country where no war is broken out. Here we are, another day in wherever, Rutania, and there's no war here. Okay, yeah. okay go to Syria where the you know people are dying. Okay, right. so you watch this on the news, it's like things are terrible. Right, and they're like fingers crossed for the hurricane. That's right, or a school or, shooting. I yeah. mean, no Ugh. one sends a camera crew to a school where it's just another day. You know, you send the camera crews to the schools where there's a shooting, so it looks bad. No, no it, it it is bad. Um, let's well, what end. Is, what is your opinion on guns? Oh, I hate them. You do? I hate guns. I, they they scare me. I, I, I you don't have I, guns at all. I do. Of course, I don't have guns. Right. Never had a gun. Right. I have gun art. But you're a I've Texan. Got, I know, and so, and I had a guy on the other day on the show here who was a big gun guy, and I just I was like, "Yo, they they make a lot of noise, and they kill people, and they they get hot when you fire off rounds." I mean, it's just they freak me out. I don't. Yeah. Um. Look. Uh. uh not to say that we should get rid of. I don't know. I don't know what. Look, we don't need assault rifles. We don't need a background check that's just like, oh, okay, the, you know, the dude's like, yeah, just write this down, you'll get the gun, like. That's crazy. It takes 11. Anna, the other day, came home. I don't know where she saw it. Like, it was like five different countries of yes. steps that you yes. have to have yes. in order to get a gun in yeah. Japan. Yeah. Like, it is crazy. Yeah. 13 it's steps. 11, I think it was yeah. 11 steps. Yeah, yeah. And this isn't like show your driver's license. That's number right. one. You know? Right. Um, it is super, super difficult to get a gun. So, uh, but look, like, uh, if I need food, I go to the store or the restaurant. Um, and I'm not worried about, I trust the police. I try, I mean, I lock the door like that, that I could be crazy. I'm sure people listen going, this guy's a fool. If he's not protecting his family, I just don't, I'm not, I'm not down with that. The problem is that there's a cost risk to you protecting your family with a gun. And cause we know from studies that, uh, if you have a gun in the house, you're 11 times more likely to have a suicide an accidental shooting. So your kids get the guns, your kids, friends find the gun. A uh, depressed relative is over for the weekend and kills themselves versus you killing the bad guy. You, you a good guy with a gun killing the bad guy with a gun. Okay, we look. You're the only smart guy sitting at this table on issues like that. <laughs> you give me a number like eleven times. Yeah. I'm like okay, then then I get it. Like right. if a hundred guys are sitting in a room, the hundred smartest scientists in the world sit in a room and say global warming is real. Yeah. I go, okay. Yeah. If they all say it's real, yeah. then it's real. Yeah. Like that's the way I'm I, I roll and and But that is the way it should roll because none of us are an expert on everything. Mm -hmm. So I'm not a climate guy either. I but I know climate scientists and I know that these are smart guys and they're competitive with each other. So the competitive nature of science is good because they're trying to debunk each other. Like I can advance my career if I debunk your silly theory right. and I publish in this journal and then you publish in this journal and we you know, we hack ha hash it out. And out of that emerges a consensus. Like, you know what? It's looking like, you know, 97 of the 100 people here all agree on this. And these other three guys have some theories over here that, that they don't really co converge. I think this is probably what's real. That's right. And that's what the consensus means. But, you know, conservatives go, oh, it's like a democracy. They're just voting, getting together. On the no, no, no. No, it's not a, it's, they're not voting. They, can, they, they agree because of the evidence that they've already argued and hashed out, you know, in competitive, you know, uh, peer group you know, kind right. of conferences right. and, and journals. So that's how we can be confident yeah. of that. Yeah. Let's end because uh, it, uh, I'm going to get in trouble if I get home too late. Family, <laughs> family, Sunday night, family dinner. She's like, what time is this podcast over? Um, but I want to talk briefly about cycling just because I don't think 
people who know you and are your fans and read books, I don't think they really know and appreciate your history with the sport of cycling and especially ultra distance cycling, like really, really ultra distance, like 3000 miles, like race across America. One of the founders of the race. Um, how many times did you do it? Five. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like people are like, why don't we do Ram? And I was like, do I get to sleep? <laughs> oh no, 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 no. You don't you sleep like 30 minutes a day. I'm out. Like, <laughs> well, you know, there's team Ram now. You can do a four man team. I know, but you know, then it's like time trialing across, you know, these yeah. guys go about yeah, they have two, four, eight. Yeah. Team. So, but it's not like, okay. So, but Which, you by can, the way, I you, think you, it's you, a scalable model. I think that eight person model, whether it's for corporations or charities or groups of friends, that's a scalable model. The individual. Right. Is, is it's never going to get big. No, no, no. Cause solo Ram is like Everest. You know, you're only going to get so many people that can actually do it. Mm -hmm. And in Ram, you can't have somebody haul all your equipment up for you. you actually have to pedal the bike. And so just so the <laughs> listener knows Ram is our AAM. So that's the race across America. Yeah, just so they starts in San, San Diego or Yeah, starts in San Diego and they finish in uh, uh, they're in uh, Maryland now. Oh. Uh, it used to be well we went LA to New York in the beginning and then we did uh, San Francisco to New York and then we also went to from Irvine to Savannah. So we varied so the route there can't but it's, be a record. Well, there is there are well, there are I mean, records. There's a transcontinental record. Yeah, it just depends. It's not a real record in a sense because it varies every year. Yeah. The course, even if you keep the course the same, the weather is always quite variable. Right. But the record is seven days, 15 hours now. It's about 16 and a half miles an hour. So it's pretty, pretty fast. That is crazy. Yeah. 16. Okay. For the listener at home who thinks you're a bike rider, why don't you go out for a couple hours? You think you're a rider? Go, go try to average 16 and a half. You can do it for two hours. No, make it three hours. You have to do it for three hours. Average 16 and a half miles an hour. Yeah, by um, yourself, not in a pack. No, all alone. Yeah. Um, and then we're gonna do that for seven days straight, yeah. and you're not gonna sleep. Yeah. <laughs> that's 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 that is actually superhuman. But Lance, you like to suffer, right? This is a good suffer fest. I do, I do. But I'm, <laughs> I've suffered. My suffer bank is really, I see. really full. <laughs> drained. <laughs> Check out this quote. All right, I love, I love this quote because this also ties into the skeptic society which you started. So, and this is in reference to Ram. Right, the race across America, which you did. You said, I became a skeptic on Saturday. I love how you know exactly the day. <laughs> Saturday, August the 6th, 1983, on the long climbing road to Loveland Pass, Colorado. After months of training under the guidance of a nutritionist with an unaccredited PhD, after years of practicing acupuncture, chiropractic, massage therapy, negative ions, uh, rolfing, pyramid power, fundamentalist Christianity, and a host of other weird things, with the exception of drugs, to improve his life, life and training, Shermer stopped rationalizing the failure of these practices. He later um, produced several document, documentary films on cycling. But so on Loveland Pass, you're just like, okay, fuck it. Yeah, I'm, that was I'm, it. This is yeah. my life. Well, I'm I'm changing my life. Like you literally, like change your name. I'm done. <laughs> like I'm I'm yeah. looking at the world completely differently. Yeah, well, it was just it had to be hallucinating because you do hallucinate. Yes, I, I, I had an alien abduction experience from sleep deprivation. Another argument for not doing sleep deprivation. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, no, it was just that you know trying all these individual things. First, the problem from a scientific perspective is an n of one. It's just you. How do you know that you had a better ride or a worse ride the day after you tried X, whatever it is, mud baths, vitamins. Maybe you got more sleep. Maybe you had a good pork chop or a bad pork chop. You know, who knows? So I gave up on all that and said, you but know, you can't. Yeah. really, just for, for cycling, I mean, it really just comes down, just you got to ride your bike a lot. And there's other things that can tweak it, but 
you know, it's just putting in the miles. And and, and the data point isn't from day to day to day. I mean, it, the data points. It, right. The data points have to be over the course of two weeks or right. two months. And so you, you know, just like the temperature at the North Pole, like it's not right. a, that's that's not right. a, it's a flat line. Right. It's, yeah. it's, you just have to say after a month of something, okay, this isn't working or this is working or... Right. Um, interesting. And then it, it, the, you did all this other work. You worked with... I I didn't know this until I read about you on the internet that you were involved in the design of the original Bell V1 Pro. Yep. I had that helmet. Yeah. Yeah, I used to race in a Bell V1 Pro. Yeah. yeah and it was it looked like a hard shell old leather hairnet. I was yeah. like, "Okay, that looks cool. That doesn't look stupid. What was the right. one? What was the first well, the they had skid the bell lid. shell. They had the, the skid, skid lid. Well, no, that was a different company, skid lid. Yeah, but, but yeah. still, yeah, I mean, that, that was the competition. Looking. Like, yeah. okay, I can do something cooler than that. Right. That's right. lame. Um, yeah, well, I had Bell uh, as a sponsor, and so you know, they showed me the Bell shell. I'm like, that is the ugliest thing. No one's going to wear that. And so I brought in a leather hairnet. I said, just make something like this. You're like, so I took the bell shell and just carve out the center thing. So you have these like bars that come across. Yeah. And then just so it's cooler and make it black. So, you know, it looks like, and that's what they did. And, it, you know, took have you off. followed all of the controversy around the, the parent company that owns Bell and no, Juro and Blackburn and no, uh, Vista Outdoor? No. So they're the largest manufacturer of assault rifles in America. And oh, ammunition. the NRA support. Yes, yeah, so right. REI pulled out. Right. Uh, Dick yes. Sporting Goods, I think. Yeah. And then, uh, and then our shop here in Austin did as well. Yeah. Messy. Totally, because... Messy. Yeah. I mean, the gun control thing is just out of control. The problem is that there's really very little we can do because there's 350 million guns in America. You know, we're not the government's not going to go in and collect them from people. Mm -hmm. it's not they did happen. in Australia. Yeah, I know, but it they was... They went, went to some yeah. lunatic, walked into McDonald's, killed 21 people. Next day, PM's prime minister's like, no, nope, okay, yep. gone, all of them, yep. gone, yep. right now. Yep. That's not going to happen here. No. <laughs> no, you're gonna have you'd have a Waco incident like every week. Okay, last thing. So this, yep. um, because uh, uh, I saw you also did work with Spenco. Spenco, yes, which was in Waco. Here in Waco, yes, it's in Waco, Texas, yeah, where yeah, the home yeah. of the Branch Davidians, yes. the Baylor Bears. Yep. I mean, yeah, bunch of George Bush's ranch. Yeah. Um, did you ever do the Spenco 500? Yeah, I did it twice. Did yeah. you know that I did it on a relay? No. Hold I didn't. on, I knew you oh hadn't. I didn't think you had seen it. <laughs> Step the fuck off. Okay, <laughs> who's the? You're not. This is a group, uh, it was a four-man team, four-boy four team. So this is, I'm probably 14 years old. Yeah. Oh, there's film of you. <laughs> Wait till you see the form on this. This is, this is embarrassing. Let me, let me yeah, like we can. Look at the smart guy. So here, clearly, <laughs> motor pacing, that's not legal, is it? <laughs> Were we were fourteen or fifteen years old. Mm -hmm. Yep. Look at this. With the old lobby Claire jersey on. I mean, look at that. No helmet. Yeah. The old yeah. Oakley factory pilots. Yeah, yeah. Those are the first ones. Kind of a baggy jersey. Yeah, got the stiff arms. Hunched over like an angry Can you believe statue. that? Huh? <laughs> That's great. You did the Spenko vibe. Yeah. Let's see what year would that, uh, 86? Uh, we did it in, um, that was probably 86. 
Yes, the first one was, I think, 85. Uh, I think I was sixth or seventh. John Howard won that one. John Howard won. John yeah. Howard won the year. No, no, no. A young kid won. Oh, yeah. Speaks. Steve Speaks. Yep. Yeah, or no, right. another young kid from Chicago won. Oh. Yeah, he would. He ate like cans of beans. They'd stop and eat beans. And <laughs> it was one loop. That was crazy. It was one loop, you know, a 500-mile loop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was my introduction to Texas. I hadn't I didn't know much about Texas. I'd never really been there. It's like Waco, all right, whatever. Halfway was Comfort, Texas. That's right, Comfort, Texas. Yeah. Well, Wayman Spence brought me down. He saw the first um race across America. At the time it was called Great American Bike Race, nineteen eighty two. And it was filmed by ABC Y World of Sports. So they showed it in spring of eighty three and they won a, a, a an Emmy Award for that. Hmm. Beautifully edited with music and, and uh, Jim Lampley and Diane and I had were yeah. the, the commentators and so on. And Spence saw that, and all of us had, you know, carpal tunnel syndrome from the handlebars, saddle sores, and he was making this stuff for bed sores for medical patients, this foam stuff that, you know, you, you put gel. on the bed, a gel. And he said, I could just sew that up into gloves. So he flew me down and, and uh, sat there with the seamstress. I brought my crappy old gloves and said, well, here's where you need to put the pads. Yep. And then on the saddle, you know, here's where it goes. And they did it. Yep. And he made, a, then he, he made a ton of money when he sold it to Kimberly Clark. And then uh, sadly, he died. Uh, he got cancer. He got—I think—I think, think he had prostate cancer. That was sad. He was a good guy. Yep. He, mm. changed, he you know, helped a lot of cyclists because that was a pressure point. Uh, you know who else got rich in Waco? Besides, like the home improvement people, Chipper or whatever, um, is check this out. And I'm, we could talk about shit all night. This is a fascinating conversation. But Curves Gyms started in Waco. Really? Yes. Wow, they're That's huge now. Huge. That boy. <laughs> I mean, he's just printing money. Wow. Yeah. Yep. Another one that was started with Ram was uh, spinning, Johnny G. Johnny G. He came out. His first thing was he did the Ram qualifier, and he didn't finish. And then he came out again, and he qualified, started Ram, didn't finish. Then he came back out. He just kept at it. But I'll never forget, he showed up with like a black Mercedes with these gorgeous women as his support crew. It was like Johnny and like four gorgeous women in like mini skirts. And, and we're, we're looking at this going, okay, this guy has no idea what he's getting into. This is not a party. Something. <laughs> well, two things. One, I cannot believe that we're still, uh, that spinning's still a thing. Like, uh -huh. I think it's great, but I, I just would have, knowing our society and knowing how exercise trends come and go seemingly overnight, I cannot believe that there's still. That that's still a thing. Soul Cycle is a billion dollar brand. Right. Flywheel. Yeah. Uh, Peloton. Peloton is a little different. It's not really a spin bike, but all the other ones are truly spin bikes. Right. So that's number one. Number two, I don't know if it's true or not, but I think Johnny G sort of got cut out of the whole he thing. Did, like yeah. He invented this entire sector, and they were like, "Okay, well, we don't. Need, you're you're gone. You're done. We don't need you anymore." And then he went out and did the crank cycle. You seen the hand cycle? The, the, he I didn't realize he did. Oh, that. yeah. Oh, okay. So, but obviously the big, the big right. plan, the big business, the big money is the bike. I never heard how he made or didn't make money on spinning. I just knew he, Something happened. he became big. Yeah, maybe he didn't patent or, or get a copyright or whatever you would do. I'm not sure what the intellectual property would be on spinning. I mean, anybody could set, mm -hmm. set up a bike and... I've done it a few times. Not my thing. You know, Southern California, we don't have to ride indoors. <laughs> right. You're not a Zwift uh, So I'm kind of spoiled. But, um, but, you know, I kind of get the appeal with the music, and you got the person up there going, come on, and it gets all hyped up. It's sort of a social thing. Look, let me tell you the appeal, okay? The appeal, uh, for, 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 especially for a, a, a young lady who's never ridden on the road, the appeal is you don't have to deal with cars. Yeah, right? you, can, you can go true, to one place, right. you can get it all done in an hour, and you're not going to get run over. And right. I got to tell you, 
every day that we live, like driverless cars can't get here quick enough. Like the shit that right. people on their phones and just uh, cycling is getting more. I do, I do worry about that, right? Yeah. With the texting. Uh, I, I almost feel like I need to get one of those little Fred mirrors so I can see. <laughs> yeah, no, don't do that. No, I get the light on your bike. Get the, I have that really bright <laughs> yeah, yeah, red yeah, flashing I, I light that, that you can literally yeah. see two miles away. D- Dave, our mutual friend Dave Letiri at Fast Track, he puts everybody on those on those yeah, lights, and you got to for do sure. It. You got to do. I mean, it. why not? Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I have a Tesla, so it's semi self driving. You you double click on the cruise control, takes over the steering wheel. And in LA, you know, when I'm, I just get on the 405 freeway, get in the left lane, double click, and it just takes over. And I'm a pretty good driver, but you know, I'm not a hundred percent focused. I look down at my phone, I get sandwiched coffee, I look out the window. It never does that, mm-hmm. you know. So this is why it's coming, and it's got to come. It's, mm-hmm. You know, Elon's talking about from thirty-five thousand people a year dead to you know ninety percent less, so thirty-five hundred. Oh, the year. old ninety ten again. Ninety ten li- again. Literacy. Yeah. You know, and and I, it's a weird thought. I you know I have a two I have a twenty six year old daughter and I have a two year old son. I have a feeling my two year old son will never drive a car. I think you're right. You know, it could be he'll go to the track for fun, like hey, let's just go you know drive one of these old internal combustion engine cars and see what that's like. Yeah. It'll be recreation. Yeah, those old those weird old people that had Pontiac uh, Firebird driver's license. <laughs> the fuck is that? Who needs that? What? You, you'll you'll rent a Camaro. Get my hop in my Tesla. And... <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, Michael. Thank you for being here. Thank you for super having me, fascinating. Lance. Yep. No, I like what you're doing. It's a thank good you. idea. Appreciate I it. Love the logo. Thank you. That's the forward logo. That's right? the forward. That's pointing right at you. And because we, <laughs> we do. Because <laughs> we do. Yeah, That's like what that. we do. Yeah. We'll get you a kit. I gotta have a kit. Okay. Yeah. Right. I, I, I told right. I told Latiri I'm coming back with a we do okay. T-shirt or something. <laughs> well, done. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> All right. Yep. Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Forward Podcast. Like I said at the top of the show, any suggestions or questions, send me an email. It's a new one, theforward at wedo.team. And wedo is spelled W-E-D-U, theforward at wedo.team. Thanks for tuning in each and every week. Look forward to talking to you next week.